Welcome to the Let's Grow podcast, where we work together to grow in our personal and professional lives. I'm your host, Nikki Rogers. In each episode, we will discuss a variety of strategies to help us be the best version of ourselves and live lives that are full and fun. Motivation is what gets you going and discipline is what keeps you growing. So here we grow. Hey everyone, so here we are. It's the beginning of a new year. Actually, it's already the ninth of the month. I'm blown away that it's already uh, January 9th, but it is. So I'm kind of curious how many of you set New Year's resolutions. I know that I really like a fresh start. And in fact, this is a, a huge fresh start for me as I'm launching my first ever episode of the Let's Grow podcast. It has been a journey, let me tell you. There's a lot of ups and downs that I was not expecting. You know, I'm a very positive person and I was just thinking, you know what? I've got this passion that I've been harboring for a very long time to inspire and encourage and motivate people. And I want to put that out there. But when I first started recording, I would not like the way I sounded. So I would delete and re-record and delete and re-record. And then when I did like the way I sounded, I would drop something or a dog would come in and jump on my lap and I would get so frustrated. Finally, I got some recordings and then I put it into the software that I had downloaded and found out that the software is really not easy to use. I had to learn so much. So I would watch tutorials and I would try and I would get frustrated. I lost content. And to be honest, I wanted to give up. I started thinking, maybe I'm not meant to do this. Maybe I'm not smart enough to figure this out. Maybe no one really wants to hear my podcast anyway. And then the light bulb came on and I realized that's the exact reason I want to do this podcast. We will never outperform our own negative self-talk. And if we're not willing to grow and overcome obstacles, then we stand still in life and we have a lot of regrets. So I'm super hopeful that you will embrace my vulnerability and that you will grow on this journey with me. So there is no doubt you're going to be hearing some imperfections here and there as I learn this process. You know, I was thinking about this today before I posted this episode and I put on my social media saying that I thought of, which is, your attempts to be perfect are holding you back from progress. Perfection happens through progress and repetition. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to just get after it and move forward. Now, back to resolutions. I'm curious if you rang in the new year. And ringing in the new year comes from an old tradition of celebrating new beginnings with the ringing of bells. So all throughout history, there's poetry and music that references those type of events as well as the symbolism of Father Time, which of course reminds us that we are all up against the same clock and it just keeps on ticking no matter how well or ill-prepared we may be. So my hope for all of us is that we live a life prepared to be the best that we can be, but that's not just going to happen. It takes effort. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be ringing my bell and I hope that symbolically you will ring your bell as well, or maybe if you want to stop and go find a bell to ring with me, then you can get that baby and ring it with me. Because at the end of the day, we all have the opportunity to start fresh with a new attitude and a new hope for a bright future. Now, listen, I am not oblivious to my pessimistic friends out there who think that New Year's resolutions are a joke. They have this attitude of like, listen, if you were going to do something amazing with your life or 
change everything you'd already have started. So why wait into the new year to get going? And then we have people on the opposite end of the spectrum who are super excited to really dive in and focus on some new goals for the year. However, there is a statistic out there that says about 85% of the people will break their New Year's resolutions prior to February 2nd. So with today being January 9th, that means about 27% of us have already broke our own New Year's resolutions. Now, why would so many people break their own resolutions? I can tell you from experience that sometimes it's because we bite off more than we can chew. And of course, when we bite off more than we can chew, what happens? Well, we choke on it. And then there's those of us who didn't even set a New Year's resolution to begin with. But here's the good news. If you want to have a successful year ahead of you, it's never a bad time to kind of reset. So if you didn't set any goals, but you want to consider setting them now, it's a good time to start brainstorming and jotting down what that might look like. And if you set some goals that you've quickly realized are super unrealistic and that there's no way you're going to be able to keep up with them, then it's also a good time to reevaluate and readjust those goals. There's not really any rules other than if you want to be successful, you've got to be realistic. And realistically, the past is behind you, so there's no sense in worrying about it. And the only thing that matters is the day ahead and what you do right now. Now, we all have different personalities and different strategies work for us. So I don't want to just tell you what I do and say that you should, you know, do the same thing because what works for me simply may not work for you. So what I hope to do for the rest of this episode is to talk through some ideas that will help you grow physically, spiritually, and mentally. As we led up to the new year, I started polling a lot of my friends asking how they look at New Year's resolutions. And I want to start with a simple idea that I can't take credit for. I stole from one of my friends, so shout out to Libby. When I asked Libby how she looks at New Year's resolutions, she said that she does not set any real hard specific goals. Instead, she does a more or less scenario. So she makes some decisions that she's going to do more of some things and less of others. For example, more savings, less spending, more cooking at home, less eating out. So I really liked this as a starting point and a way to just kind of evaluate the areas of your life that you need to make changes in. This strategy is particularly good for really busy people who know that they need to make some changes but don't have time to sit down and really get detailed on those changes. So start with the more or less scenario and just start moving in the right direction. It's also a great strategy for somebody who may not necessarily need a complete overhaul in that area of their life. For instance, maybe you're already going to the gym four or five times a week, you're eating right, and you're doing great, but you recognize that during your workday, you could do a little bit more walking and a little bit less sitting. So it's a great strategy to use in a specific area. But other areas of your life may actually need a complete overhaul. So don't take this strategy and use it all across the board if it really only applies well to one aspect that you'd like to change. Again, we want to be well-rounded. So we don't want to just focus on our physical fitness. We want to focus on our physical self, our spiritual self, and our mental self. So since I've already started talking a little bit about physical goals, let's sit here for a moment. Physical fitness is a huge area that a lot of people want to grow in. 
and anything that we're going to try to improve on, the truth is we need to look at it every so often. It can't just be once a year. Because seeing results is a huge factor in keeping us motivated, and you simply can't manage what you're not willing to measure. So two questions that you really need to ask yourself is how often are you going to measure your success and what tools are you going to use to measure your success? Then as you progress and evaluate your goals, you may need to also reevaluate your measurement tools. So here's an example. There was a time when I was doing a 30-day nutritional challenge to lose weight. I wanted to cut fat and lose all the excess weight that I could. So during this time, obviously the scale was my friend. I was able to step on the scale every other day and see my progress. Sometimes it would be a couple of pounds. Sometimes it would just be a few ounces, but the scale was the appropriate measurement tool for that time. Now my workout of choice is CrossFit. So at the end of that 30 days, near the end of that 30 days, as I was working out more and as I started to reintroduce healthy, clean eating to my diet, the scale started going in the opposite direction, making it very hard for me to recognize my progress through that tool for measurement. So I had to completely change my strategy for how to measure my success at that point. Thankfully, there are a lot of ways to measure your success when it comes to physical fitness, no matter what your goal is, whether it's something as simple as getting more steps in throughout the day or drinking more water, you can use step trackers or apps for that. You can simply log the amount of water you're drinking in a notebook, whatever it takes, just decide what your goal is and start there. So if you are one of those people who set a really lofty goal, such as I'm going to get in the best shape of my life then maybe this is a point where you take a step back and really break that goal down. Ask yourself, where do I start? Is it losing a little bit of weight, something that's easily trackable? And then how are you going to do that? When it comes to fitness goals, I recommend that you evaluate your progress on a weekly basis. This is going to allow you to take inventory of where you're at, what's working, what's not working. And as you build new habits, you can decide if it's time to adjust your overall goal. Okay, now this episode is not about fitness. It is about setting goals, reaching your goals, and becoming a better version of yourself. We've talked about how to do that physically and talked about some examples and ideas there. I hope that has got you thinking about how you may want to reevaluate your goals and become better physically fit or in a better physical state through 2024. But now I want to transition and talk about your spiritual self. You know, there are a lot of people that really struggle in this world. They struggle physically. They struggle mentally. They struggle financially. They struggle in their jobs. Even when they seem to be doing everything right, things just aren't clicking. And I've come to realize and believe that that has a lot to do with their spirituality. There is no denying that there is power in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit living within you can do so much more than you could ever do on your own. So I want to share a little bit of my testimony. When I was seven years old, my mom got divorced and we moved in with my stepdad. I didn't grow up going to church, but I did get shipped off to vacation Bible school. I loved vacation Bible school. It was a safe place for me. I got to go there and I was just loved on. I did crafts. I sang music. I heard all the stories and I just believed. So even though I didn't grow up going to church, I did get that experience and I believed in Jesus. Well, when I turned nine, my mom got cancer. She got lymphoma cancer and it was all over her body. She was riddled with tumors. She had lost all of her hair taking chemotherapy. 
and she weighed next to nothing. I mean, the truth is she looked like a sack of bones and she was hospitalized at Trinity Lutheran Hospital. Of course, as a little girl, I had no idea that Trinity Lutheran had anything to do with Jesus or religion. All I knew is my mom was in the hospital. But when I went to visit her, she indicated to me that she was very sick and she may not be around by the time Christmas hit. Well, Christmas trees were up. I don't remember what date it was, but I do know that we were in the season and she was talking about dying. So as a nine-year-old little girl living with my stepdad, knowing that if my mom were to die, where would I go? Where would I live? How would my life be? Not only that, but I was very, very close to my mom, and the concept of her dying had never crossed my mind. I was just a very happy-go-lucky little girl, and in my brain, she was going to get better, and that's all there was to it. But after she disclosed to me that she wasn't feeling so confident, I began to wonder, what is going to happen? Well, I was at the hospital with one of my aunts, and we were in the gift shop. I happened to look across the hallway, and I saw some stained glass crosses. I recognized those crosses as a sign for Jesus, and I wandered over to check it out. So when I opened those doors and I realized that this was a chapel right there in the hospital, I immediately walked to the front and I got on my knees. And as a nine-year-old little girl, I prayed for my mom. I prayed that God would save her, that her tumors would go away, and that she would continue to live so that I could continue to live in my home where I was finally happy and healthy and with my stepdad. And I just asked God to spare her and to spare her for me. I did this without crying. I did this joyfully. And I did this believing that God was there and he was hearing my request. When I left that little chapel, I left with a feeling that I was not alone. I felt God's presence and I knew that he was there. And I also felt this joy and no worry. I was not worried. I knew that God was going to save my mom. Well, he did exactly that. It wasn't long after that, that my mom's doctor, Sean, called everyone in my family into that hospital room that was there and showed us the x-rays of my mom's tumors. She had seamlessly gone from having tons of tumors to suddenly having no tumors. So he didn't really have much explanation but he was there to tell us that a miracle had happened and my mom was in remission. So she got sent home and I ran in and jumped up on her bed and I said, mom, I need to tell you why you're healed. And I told her we both cried and I recognized that that was my miracle. So from the time I was nine until now in my mid forties, I have always felt God pulling on my heartstrings. And I've got many, many testimonies of having faith and having God in my life. The reason I tell you this story is, well, a lot of reasons. One, I want you to have that feeling. Two, I want people to say to you like they do to me, how do you do it all? How do things work out for you? Why are you always so optimistic? Well, I don't have any explanation for it other than it's not me. It's not me alone anyway. I live with the Holy Spirit and I rely on the Holy Spirit as often as I can. Now, I feel like I need to put a disclaimer here to let you know that I am well aware of the fact that I am not perfect and I never want to sound self-righteous. I am a big time sinner and I am a work in progress. There are times in my life when I have been way closer to God and times when I got a lot of work to do. I'm just hoping that this is part of the journey that you'll go on with me and that maybe together we can get better. Because again, I have testimony after testimony that just 
is proof that with God, you're capable of so much more. So how do we grow spiritually? The best advice I can give you is to go to God. The Bible actually says that for those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. That's found in Proverbs 8.35. A long time ago, I used to work for a company called Premier Designs Jewelry, and I got the opportunity to go into people's homes and sell jewelry. I actually loved it because it was an opportunity for me to meet people and to get out of the house. I was raising two little kids, and it was my me time. But the best part of it was lifting other people up. Well, I sold a lot of jewelry because I put people first. I'm 100% sure that's the reason. But I got to go to a retreat in Texas. And when I went to this retreat, I kind of considered it more of a spiritual retreat than a business retreat. The company was actually a Christian company, and they really created an atmosphere where it felt spiritual. So that night, I got to my room in Texas, and my roommate wasn't there yet. So I took the opportunity to have some quiet time and just say, God, why am I here? What do you have for me? I'm open to whatever you have to share with me. The next thing I noticed, there was a book on the end table. So I pick it up and I read the back cover. Well, on the back cover is a quote. And that quote felt to me like it was God's direct answer to why I was there that weekend. The quote said, you may quiet unknowingly be depriving yourself of God's best for you by doing your own will and calling it his. Wow. That was kind of a punch in the gut because one, it was exciting. I felt like it was a direct answer for God, from God, but two, it was telling me, you got to quit. You got to quit taking control and you've got to give it to me. So just like my physical goals and my mental goals and all of the goals I set in life, I always have to take a step back and ask myself, am I imposing my will over God's will for my life? Unfortunately, a lot of times the answer is yes. And in that moment, I just have to reevaluate and reset and go to God. So I'm hoping that you'll learn to do that as well. And that again, in this area, we can grow together. Okay, before we end episode one, I want to touch on our mental self. So as we've talked about our goals physically and now spiritually, let's talk about some mental goals that we have for the upcoming year. I've seen a lot of friends post on Facebook how they want to read more this year. So with that being said, I highly recommend the book Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Grishel. We are inundated with so many inputs that it's becoming harder and harder to focus on any one thing. And I don't know about you, but I recognize this when things happen to me like I forget the name of somebody that I was just introduced to. My brain doesn't stop long enough to process and retain any information unless I make my... So here's a few ideas on how you can work on your mental self and take control of your mind. I've seen a lot of people take leave of absence from social media. I think that's a great idea. In fact, not long ago, my entire Facebook account accidentally got deleted and I It took me a moment, but for a while, I was not sad. I didn't miss it as much as I thought I would. I had people say, oh my gosh, that would be like the end of my world. I don't know what I'd do. They were so worried about pictures that they had posted, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, we have this thing called the cloud. You can back all your photos up and anybody you've ever tagged, they're going to have those photos. So I think it's more important to back your photos up once in a while than to allow social media to control your life. So I highly recommend taking a leave of absence from social media, at least for a while to clear your mind and have a fresh start. 
Well, we are quickly approaching the 20-minute mark, and in an effort to not go on too long, I'd like to wrap it up there in hopes that you will continue to join me for the Let's Grow podcast. My hope is to release an episode about every two weeks, and in future episodes, you can expect to hear from prominent members of our community. But for now, just remember that motivation gets you going and discipline keeps you growing.